0: Right, everybody, welcome back to the Road d One. It's episode 17, and I've got a great feeling about this episode because 17 is my lucky number.
1: Yeah, it's a she's got a couple basic reasons why, but you know, I can't really be talking because 15 is my favorite number, and I have the exact same reasons behind it.
0: And obviously, it's for our birthdays, but I also like 17 because it's just so random, and yeah.
1: See, I was going to leave our listeners to just wonder why, but, you know, you spoiled the surprise a little bit. But what we won't spoil the surprise is about our guest.
0: Our guest this week is a professional lacrosse player, which is super cool because, like, professional lacrosse is kind of a new thing.
1: Yeah, I mean, he talks about going through the major changes that has happened to professional lacrosse between the MLL and PLL, which if you don't know what they are, I'm not even going to try to explain. He does a much better job of it in the episode.
0: Yeah, for sure. And then also, he's not just any PLL player. He's a top 10 score in the PLL. So you guys are going to want to stick around to hear all about him. But before we jump into that, we have a new thing, guys. We've been asking our speed round questions to all of our guests all through these episodes. But me and Josh have never answered them. So we're going to start answering one of our speed round questions every beginning of the episode. And this week, we're asking each other running or lifting. So Josh, what about you?
1: See, I'm a little torn between it because while I personally don't lift at the moment, I know I'm going to like it a lot more than running is because swimmers and land, they don't mix. But for the moment, I have to go with running. So you can mark me down in that category.
0: righty. I'm actually going to go the other direction on that. And if you're one of my cross country coaches listening, no, you're not. No, you're not. Um but I definitely have to go with lifting. I really like um I don't know, feeling strong and I don't like running to be honest with you.
1: Yes, you heard it here first. The cross country athlete doesn't like running. A whole lot of sense being made here, but it it's not really surprising.
0: And I mean I'm a little biased because I just finished a run and you know, it's just it's not fun.
1: I don't know. Either way, you will have to stick around to hear what Christian says to that question at the end of the episode.
0: All righty, so we won't keep you guys waiting any longer. Let's jump right into it with Christian Mazon. All righty, everybody, please welcome to the podcast, Christian Mazon. How are you doing today, Christian?
2: I'm doing well. How are you?
0: Good, good. Um, thanks so much for joining us today. So obviously you are a professional lacrosse player. Um, To get us started, could you tell us a little bit about um, the PLL and like how it kind of came to be? Because it's a really recent league.
2: Yeah, so I guess three years ago now, um, Paul Rabel and his brother, they kind of broke off from the MLL and they created this league, the PLL, Premier Lacrosse League. Um, And at the time the MLL still operated and sort of the PLL. So it was kind of dual competition, which wasn't the great th- the greatest thing for lacrosse. Um, and a lot of the top players went with Paul to the PLL just because, mostly because they were offering a lot more um, just professionalness at professionalism uh, than the ML was offering. Like the PLL offers healthcare, um, you have stock benefits um, and stuff like that. And now the Premier Lacrosse League and the MLL have actually merged. So there's just one league, which is awesome because uh, it just creates a lot less confusion in terms of describing it to kind of like uh, subtle fans who aren't as invested into the lacrosse world. And it's easier to just describe. And I think it will be better for the long run, long run for the sport.
1: Yeah, um, for sure. Now, obviously it took a lot to get you there. So Um, did you start playing lacrosse at a really young age? I know you were an All-American high school, but how did your journey really start out?
2: Yeah, so I grew up in like a lacrosse crazed town. Um, I grew up in Stony Brook and I went to Ward-Melville High School, which is like a, a top public high school program on Long Island and in the country. And my dad, he played lacrosse growing up. He is from Franklin Square in Nassau County on Long Island. Um, and he went to Penn for a couple years and I have uh, a bunch of siblings I have three brothers and a sister so and I'm four or five and everyone played lacrosse so uh, that was just kind of always my sport I I don't really know exactly when I got the stick in my hand first but I mean for as long as I can remember I've been playing with them in the backyard and then growing up through the the Ward novel youth program so I was kind of always going to be a lacrosse player
0: that's awesome and then you kind of mentioned how like your high school is really well known for lacrosse what was that like for you when you got to that high school level like did you feel like you needed to step up your game when you got there or have you always kind of played at that competitive of a level
2: um I think it was a lot growing up like my my older brother is a bit older than me so when he was in high school I was still kind of like a kid uh, in elementary school so those those games were like the biggest things in the world to me like it was kind of like Friday Night Lights um type atmosphere and I actually Port Noble went on like a really big drought from 2000 to 2013 where they didn't win um they didn't even win a county championship which is like our league championship um and my brother Kenny, my oldest brother, and then my older brother Will, they like that's where their high school career was. So I saw them lose like all the time in like heartbreaking fashion, stuff like that. Um, and then my senior year class, we stayed together like our whole lives growing up and we would play in these tournaments against these top all star teams and we would compete and play really hard. And, and we knew we had a great group of guys with real camaraderie and chemistry. And we never left uh, each other. No one ever went to an all-star team. And then 2013 was my senior year. And it culminated in us going undefeated, winning a national championship, winning a state championship. And it was the first one in 13 years for award medal. So it was pretty cool to grow up seeing us, like, come short and seeing my brothers fall short. And then finally in my senior year being able to break through and, and bring a title back to Ward Melville. And now my little brother, he he actually won two state championships after me. So Ward Melville's kind of back to where they used to be.
1: Yeah. And um, on that team, you were actually, if not, I, I'm not sure if you were the captain or one of the captains. So did that affect your kind of dynamic? I know you said you grew up with these guys, but did that affect your dynamic with them or was it still kind of just the same kind of, Backyard lacrosse, but just with higher stakes.
2: Yeah, so I was captain with three other guys who, you know, were part of that that group that grew up playing together, um, and we that group of four was always kind of seen as the leaders, I guess, per se, growing up, um, and kind of the go to guys on the offensive and defensive end. So I think it was just with with that group, like there was just a clear sense of like what your role was on the team so early on that it just made it easier. And there was no like power struggle that could kind of affect us as we got older. It was kind of like, we knew each other's tendencies. We knew what each other liked to do um, and the type of player we each were. So it was kind of easy. And it was honestly, that that was the most fun I've ever had playing lacrosse with that group of guys. And I really attribute their kind of style and the team dynamic that we had, of like we don't really care that you're an all-star team like we're still going to give it everything we got and we're going to beat you um is kind of how I carry myself now like I really don't care who's on the other side against me I'm just going to play my game and I'm confident that it's going to work out
0: that's a great attitude to have
2: and then obviously after high
0: school you ended up at Rutgers um did you kind of always expect to play college lacrosse or was it something that you know you really had to think about
2: that's a good question. I honestly I feel like it was just like going to happen because my brother did and my dad did like I never really thought about anything else. So I guess, yeah, I kind of expected it. Um, but my road to Rutgers was a little bit different because they were not in my really top schools at the beginning of the recruiting process. Um, I was looking at, at three other schools, Albany, Colgate, and Army. And I just didn't really, like, just all three of them didn't really, like, feel right. Um, and then uh, my, the coach at Rutgers, Brian Brecht, was actually the coach at Siena, where my oldest brother played. So I used to go to his games all the time. So I had a relationship there with Coach Brecht. Um, and then my brother put me in contact with him and kind of the rest is history. Like I fell in love with Rutgers and it just felt like the right fit.
1: Yeah. I mean, obviously we've, we've talked to people from football to soccer. Um, yeah, Is there anything like super different about the way lacrosse is recruited um, than other sports? Like I know football, they like a big thing them is racking up the offers and debating through all the, um, the, the offers they get. So is there something really unique to lacrosse recruiting?
2: it used to be a lot different than what it is now. The rules have recently changed, but um, when I was growing up, it used to be like, there was no, there was, I I don't know if there was an age limit, but like kids, you were able to recruit like eighth graders. So there was kids like committing to schools in eighth grade, ninth grade, when they're like, they don't even know what they're you know committing to. And then either those kids would like fizzle out or, you know they they'd end up uh, decommitting and committing somewhere else, which I think was really really bad and it's just not good for kids psyches and um, just kids confidence. You know because like a kid could be you know an average player in eighth grade and then he works on his game and by eleventh grade he's one of the best players in the country. And in the way it used to be, like some of the spots were already filled up, so that kid has nowhere to even go. Um, but now it's recently changed where I think it's september 1st of your junior year where coaches can start to contact you which i think is just so much better and that's more in line with like football and basketball um and it just makes so much more sense just for the 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 college coaches just you know recruiting kids that are more developed like both physically and just like as a player and then for the kids in their psyche where they don't see kids getting recruited and they're like, why am I not getting, you know, t- uh, hit up by coaches, like, that could really stunt development, so I think it's just much better now.
0: That's awesome, yeah, I mean, I know they definitely haven't stated a lot of rules recently
2: about that, yeah,
0: um, and then for you, so once you make that jump from high school to college, what was that like for you, I mean, like, psychologically, and then also physically, how is the game different?
2: So, my freshman year, I had a lot of confidence coming out of My senior year, like, honestly, it was a lot of cockiness. Um, But sometimes in sports, that's a good thing. So my freshman year at Rutgers, I was, like, poised to be on the starting midfield line. Like, I was doing really well in practices. I was one of the better players on the team. And then I actually tore my ACL, like, a week before the first game um, and had to recover from that. And honestly, I kind of went into a spiral when that happened. Um, My priorities like really just were not straight. I did well in my rehab, but I was kind of like, you know, I was going out more. I was doing stuff that I I shouldn't really be doing. Um, And then when I finally got back, I hadn't played in like a year. And um, my coach kind of, you know, he, I mean, I was happy that he did this, but in looking back, I don't know if it was the right thing. He kind of just slotted me back in. To that starting midfield role. And I was playing like both offense and defense. And I just was not ready for it. And um, it really showed in the beginning of the season. And eventually I got um, moved from that dual role to just a defensive midi role, which, you know, it's seen as like a demotion, even though it's a really tough position and it's really valued in lacrosse. But, you know, everyone wants to be playing offense. So, um, and I was at, I actually played D mid for like three years. And like I said, I, I kind of took it as a demotion. So my mentality around it was really poor. And looking back, I really regret it. But I didn't really work on my game a lot. Like I, I really just went to practice and then went home. Um, and then I kind of had a shift. My junior year, I got moved to offensive midfield at the end because we had a couple injuries. And I I did decently well. And then that summer, like, I was like, well, that's what I want to be doing. Like I need to really improve to really thrive in that role. Um, And that summer I worked harder than I ever had before and really committed to becoming the best player I could be. And ever since I really haven't looked back. So I kind of regret my first three years at Rutgers because I definitely could have been a much, much better player if I was, And I think it really would have helped our team kind of take that next step. But I don't dwell on it too much. I just kind of, you know, look back on it and kind of use it as motivation to put in the work now.
1: Yeah. I mean, obviously, that's a a very different dynamic and very different atmosphere than you had with uh, high school. And at high school, I mean, you mentioned how it was the group of friends that you just grew up around. So, Shifting from that to the college atmosphere, what was the dynamic like between you and your teammates?
2: Rutgers has a really good team dynamic. Like um, I was pretty fortunate having good upperclassmen and good guys in my class and the class below me where like there wasn't any clicks or anything like that. Like everyone was hanging out with everyone on the weekends and in in the locker room. And I think that team camaraderie really helped us uh, compete in the big 10 against some of these bigger programs that have like these, you know, blue chip recruits. Cause you know, Rutgers gets a handful of recruits, but really it's more just like finding diamonds in the rough and developing those players. So I think having that, that kind of team chemistry and love for one another really pushed us to push each other in practice. Um, which really just helped us develop, um, you know, tenfold and, and allowed us to compete in the Big Ten.
0: Yeah, so I mean, that's definitely a big jump between high school and college for you. But then what's that like afterwards, like from college to professional? So like, first of all, like with that combination of MLL and PLL, yeah. well, like, did you know what you were going to do right afterwards? Or what was your plan there, really?
2: So out of college, I got drafted to the MLL. And this is when it was still just the MLL there wasn't the PLL yet, so um, how the season works is, like, you finish college whenever, you, you, you know, the latest it could end is Memorial Day weekend, that's the the championship, and then the MLL season is, like, that summer, like, games are already happening before that Memorial Day weekend, so you jump right into it, um, but I actually never got, I got drafted by the, the Ohio machine, and I never got a chance to suit up for them, I went to one practice, Um, And they just never kind of activated me for whatever reason. And, you know, I really, that really grinded my gears. I I really hated it. And I used it as motivation to keep, um, you know, working on my skills and working on my body that summer. Um, And then going into the next year, the Ohio machine actually, well that's when all the players left. So the Ohio machine were like, now they were coming to me and they were like, Oh, we really value you and this stuff. Cause all their players are gone. Um, and then the machine actually got like disbanded because the league did some restructuring, which I was happy about because I had some disdain towards them and I got put into this um, kind of supplemental draft and I got picked by the Atlanta blaze. Um, and that was one of the most fun teams I've ever played on. And they're. It was a lot of Canadian influence, so it was a lot of, like, crafty players, um, which really kind of just enhanced my confidence to just go out and play and, you know, trust in your skills and um, just play as hard as you can and it's going to work out. So I had a really great year there, Um, and my plan was always to, like, excel in the MLL and then go to the PLL because I wanted to play against the best players. against the best competition and see kind of where I stood um and luckily it worked out I got drafted in the entry draft by the PLL by the archers and then had a good uh championship series tournament with them so um it's worked out so far I just gotta keep pushing and finding that motivation
0: and if I read correctly you were the 11th overall pick in that
2: draft correct yeah yeah but it really it was only 14 picks so I wasn't that high (laughs)
1: So looking back across the three different major like places you've played, do you yep. have, um, do you have either a favorite game or just like a favorite kind of experience that you had at each place or in total, like uh, was, was high school still the best just playing with your guys or is it now really uh, playing against the best of the best that you enjoy the most?
2: That's an interesting question. I would, my favorite game ever probably is um the county championship we won in high school because that's where ward novel would lose every year like i grew up watching my brothers we'd always get to that that game and we'd lose to this this school called west islip which kind of had a dynasty from that 2000 to 2012 range so that game was kind of like the pinnacle to me like i knew if we got through that we'd um you know the rest was kind of like gravy and I wasn't really concerned about it honestly I I knew we if we won that we'd win the rest so that was probably the best game and most like intense that I ever was for a game um and just most happy I was that that we won because it was just like you know, it just felt like more than just a game. It felt like more like a community. Like we brought the championship finally back to Ward-Melville, like Ward-Melville is finally back to where they used to be. Um, and then in college, you know, there was a handful of games that were, you know, that I played well in or whatever. But I think the most exciting game was when we beat Johns Hopkins my sophomore year um, at home. We like destroyed them. And that was like our first, signature win and it really kind of put Rutgers on the map that like we're here to stay and we're not just like this you know program that maybe gets a win here and there like we're a top 15 program in the country um and then with professional the the championship series was really cool because it was like a different totally different thing than probably will ever happen in pro lacrosse again because it was just like I had a game like every day so it was just cool being in that type of atmosphere but the coolest game I played in professionally was actually in the MLL when we played the, the Denver outlaws, we played in mile high, the Broncos stadium, which was just, you know, so cool to, to be able to say you played there. And it was actually after like some youth camp or clinic. So there was a ton of like kids there. So the, like it was really loud and the atmosphere was just wild. And I, I really never experienced something like that. So those are probably the three biggest games or most memorable games that I've had in my career.
0: That's awesome. And then kind of for yourself moving forward, what are the goals that you have for yourself in this upcoming year with the PLL?
2: Yeah, so this is a, a good question because in my career, like I've had a lot of like, um, you know, motivation. Like the year with the Blaze, my motivation was to prove that I belong and to get to the PLL. Um, my motivation, my senior year in college was to not let my whole college career feel like, um, you know, a regret and that I didn't take the most out of it that I could have. So I've been really looking for the motivation in this upcoming season because, you know, I had success in the PLL. So I, I essentially proved myself, but I think my motivation really is to just be a staple of the league and of the team. I think sometimes I'm still looked at as kind of like a nice story and a novelty type of thing, but I really view myself as, you know, a top player and someone that teams can rely on and that teams have to scout for. So that's really been my motivation to just like can stay consistent. Like I can't have a drop off now that I proved myself. I now have to elevate my training, elevate my commitment to it. Um, even more so to kind of stay at that, that level that I proved that could be at.
0: Absolutely. And then has COVID really made any impact on the PLL or your, specific, your training specifically?
2: Um, with COVID, I think the major impact was they had to revert to that series where it was like a three week. I think we were there for three weeks in Utah all on the same venue, because usually how the PLL works is it's like 11 weekends and you, we go to different places around the country each weekend and all eight teams play there. So that was different for the PLL, but it was my first experience with the PLL. So I didn't even get to, to really, it was the only thing I ever knew, but in the long run, I think it was good for the PLL because like not a lot of sports were happening then and we were on NBC. So it was a lot of like eyeballs of people that maybe aren't like huge lacrosse fans. So it gets to grow the sport a little bit. Um, And then with my training um, it's just, being more accountable on yourself you know gyms aren't open in Washington where I live so you gotta like be more creative and maybe focus a little bit more on like conditioning and your stick work and your your kind of lacrosse skills and maybe just like you know getting swole in the gym or whatever so um yeah I think just being creative with your workouts and staying consistent with it and not letting you know all the things that COVID brings uh kind of bog you down
1: Yeah, well, um, I think we are starting to reach the end, and it has been great talking to you, but we have one more segment to our show, and uh, Lucy, would you would you like to introduce it for me?
0: I'll introduce it. This is Josh's part of the show to shine. It's the speed round. Um, basically, <laughs> we're just going to ask you a few questions. I mean, semi-lacrosse-related, some are less lacrosse-related, yep. and yeah, we're just going to hear your answers a little more personal, and I'll let Josh take it away
1: yeah like she said some of these are more sports more lacrosse related and most of them are more just uh kind of fun and uh see uh the uh, more personal side of you though
2: They're love it related. let's go yeah.
1: <laughs> all right so uh we'll start off with uh, a, a staple of ours um do you prefer to be running or lifting running really all right. ah, mark one mm-hmm. down in
2: the running category you don't we, get no, we, of that probably
0: definitely here lifting more often
2: than not i'm really small yeah. like i'm like 5'8 160 so the weight room used to be scary to me so <laughs>
1: <God>. <laughs> all right um so back at Rutgers, did you have a uh, favorite class you would be at or even back to high school did you have a favorite class
2: um, I would say my favorite class at Rutgers was probably my sports writing class. I was a journalism major and I obviously, I love sports. So um, that was really cool to be able to do like game recaps and stuff like that um, for the, you know, the Rutgers football team and the basketball team. Uh, and then in high school, Oh, that's a while ago. I had, I took an astronomy class. That was pretty cool. Um, I'm just not good at science and math. So um, it was just cool <laughs> to learn about some of the stars and stuff like that.
1: I feel you. I feel you on that. Um, so <laughs> uh, jump back into the more sports related before your games, either if it's, if it's changed, I would say your most recent, do you have a, a pregame meal or a pregame routine that you do every time just to, to get yourself ready?
2: Not really. Um, I guess my pregame Routine. I mean, the pregame meal is pretty much whatever is provided. Um, the pregame routine, I guess, is just getting my stretching in. Um, and then I just listen to, like, EDM music, like, over and over again, just to get me in, like, a lively mood, I guess, and uh, be ready to hit the ground running when the game starts.
1: Do you have a favorite artist that you uh, have to turn on?
2: Um, I'm not a big, like artist guy i guess i just if i hear a song i like on spotify i throw it a like and then it's in my uh in my like songs and i could go back to it that's definitely
0: one way to do it it's pretty
1: efficient that way
2: yeah yeah and then i create some playlists but i don't really keep track of which artist i enjoy the most
1: if it works why 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 change it so uh that's true yeah so um, either besides lacrosse, if it is lacrosse, or uh, if not, do you have a uh, favorite sport to watch?
2: My favorite sport to watch is definitely basketball. Um, I was a big basketball guy growing up. Like, that was my favorite sport and the sport I practiced the most. Um, and I, I love watching the NBA. Um, so, yeah, basketball is my, my sport. Who's your
0: team? Uh,
2: Yeah. Well, I'm from New York, so I guess it's the Knicks, but they've been so bad lately that, you know, I don't like watching a ton of them because it's really just not great basketball, although they are doing better this season. They're 500 right now, but I love Luka Doncic, so I'm definitely a big Mavericks guy, Um, and Kristaps Porzingis got traded to them, so he used to be on the Knicks, Um, and I just love watching Luka play, so I would say the Mavericks and the Knicks, if they ever get good again.
1: I mean, the Knicks just knocked off Curry and the Warriors, so, you know.
2: They did, It, it, yeah. could, it could be Barry. a turnaround. Yeah, R.J. Barrett's looking pretty good. I was a little – I mean, I guess you had to pick him because we were the third pick there, but, I mean, he's impressed me a lot.
1: For sure. Um, so, uh, do you have any other major hobbies outside of obviously lacrosse?
2: Yeah, moving out to Washington, i really – me and my girlfriend have really gotten to the outdoors because it's just so beautiful out here Um, and it was nothing like I ever experienced at Long Island so uh, we went on like so many hikes last summer and I'm really looking forward to doing that more because we recently moved down closer to Seattle we were kind of more up north so now we have a whole kind of uh, new collection of hikes that we could choose from so Hiking's uh, really enjoyable and uh, I'm really looking forward to doing it again in the summer.
0: That is yeah. a good hobby to have during COVID.
2: It was there, a great there. hobby to have during COVID, yeah. The parking spots were always full. <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right, so uh, obviously if this question is gonna get you in trouble, you don't have to answer it. But uh, <laughs> if you can, without, without uh, bring, incurring the wrath of your girlfriend, do you have a celebrity crush?
2: Yeah, my celebrity crush is actually Emily Van Camp. She's kind of under the radar. Oh, and actually a new one is Anya Taylor-Joy from the Beth from The Queen's Gambit. I don't know if you guys saw that show. But those two um, are definitely my celebrity crushes. But my girlfriend won't be too mad because honestly, they're all kind of the same type. So, I mean, she'll probably take it as a compliment.
1: (laughs) I mean... As you know what you want, then you know what you want. That's true.
2: <laughs> yep, yep. I know my life. That's for sure.
1: All right. So uh, this is our one of our favorite questions to ask, and it's the one we'll uh, we'll wrap it up on. So obviously, you've had a long and a, a, a long and a storied uh, career that is still going on at the moment. So yep. either at this moment or possibly looking forward, um, and it would be you then looking back at your career as a whole if a sports movie documentary was being made about you, who are you uh, calling up to have play
2: yourself? Oh my God, that's an interesting question.
0: <laughs> this is how we always end it. We've uh, hired quite a few actors to uh, the D1 production company so far.
1: I, yeah, I, I think, think we have, this. I think we have both Hemsworth on our payroll now. Oh
0: yeah, absolutely. It's real A-listers. I don't even know who that is. The
2: Hemsworth. Oh, Chris Hemsworth? Chris, oh, yeah, Chris and Liam. Hemsworth. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. He <laughs> so said some like German name or something. <laughs> I don't know. I have to think. I, honestly, what's funny is the first name that came to me, which is really bad because this would be a bad cast is Danny DeVito just because he's like small and Italian so I guess he's way too old though
0: I would definitely pay to watch Danny DeVito play lacrosse though so
1: (laughs) (laughs) that that would be amazing
2: it could be like a dark comedy or something for
0: sure I would definitely watch that
1: yeah so I mean we we can drop down Danny DeVito unless you've got someone else on your mind right now but I would I love to think, see Danny. I DeVito. can't even
2: think of actors right now, so I'll go with Danny to be. I guess we're going with Danny okay then.
0: With all right. Yeah. I can't wait Get to watch that makeup movie. On him. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. We'll have to glamorize him a little bit, but yeah, I can't wait to watch yeah. that movie.
2: <laughs> that would be funny. Uh,
0: all right. Well, thank you so much for joining us today, Christian. It's been great getting to know you, and best of luck with next season.
2: Yeah, thank you guys. I appreciate it.
1: another great episode of the road to d1 and thank you very much for listening all the way through make sure you follow us on twitter facebook and instagram at the road to d1 to find out every friday who the next week's episode guest is going to be
0: and make sure you're also following along on either spotify apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, wherever you're getting this so you can see the new episode every tuesday make sure you also leave a review um maybe mentioning who your favorite host is lucy and leaving five stars
1: all of that means a whole lot to us and thank you once again for listening all the way through
0: absolutely guys have a great week